revision.io. Okay, um, so yeah, time's already running, <laughs> so I should be starting. So yeah, thanks everybody for joining. And um, well, since yeah, it's, it's quite, a, I think, a big topic and it's quite um, maybe short time anyways, but we try to somehow narrow it down and maybe try to find out if there's something that we can actually get out of this, like in terms of something where we uh, begin with and then maybe come to a conclusion to something, actually some kind of action. And all right, so where to start actually? The topic was artificial intelligence and neurotech in the near future. Well, so, I mean, this sounds maybe at first, okay, it's like, this is really the biggest problem that, um, okay, we'll have like a, a machine that is connected somehow to human then, and um, is this like the end of the world? No, <laughs> but you know, this could be, it is always nice maybe to have all the information somewhere uh, and share it, make it transparent to everybody. And um, so in this way, I think maybe it's not right now the, the most urgent problem, but it's definitely one problem that will emerge if we don't talk too much about it. And because we can see it, like, uh, I don't know if you read the introduction, um, that certain companies already <laughs> have the possibility to uh, do basically like a social engineering or it can be used like that. You think about it, artificial intelligence and neurotech, how this can actually make it even you know, more efficient over the years, over the next years. So, and uh, well, so this is the basic idea. And then I think it's more actually what we find out here um, about how information is spreading or how can we make sure, for instance, that this information is actually more distributed in a more, uh, yeah, in a, in a way that basically we can make sure that it's uh, reaching <laughs> the right people and giving the right impression about what we actually want to do. So um, just to start, just give an example maybe also about artificial intelligence um, or just a few words there that right now, of course, we only have, um, let's, they call it like narrow artificial intelligence. It can solve basic ideas. Okay, let's say about computer vision. Uh, you can, uh, I don't know, just take a photo and it can describe already the scene. So things like that, right? This is the beginning right now. Um, or, I mean, self-driving cars, they always think, wow, this could be maybe <laughs> one of the ways to use it. Then we have uh, speech recognition and stuff like that. But the main thing they don't have right now, oh, that's really not clear yet what, uh, how many years it will take until it's there, is like the artificial general intelligence. But you have to understand that it's really a huge spectrum uh, opinions in the expert field. Some people say, or there's a lot of actually, they say, well, okay, it's not going to happen. Uh, in the next 100 years or not maybe in 50 years, whatever, but some people and read among experts. Oh, is it off? Oh, sorry, <laughs> I don't hear myself. Okay, but it's fine. Um, all right, so <laughs> it's just turned off right now. Um, so what I'm saying is, um, yeah, so there's some expert actually that say it could happen within something around five years and there's some good indicators for that why this can happen actually. Um, just to give you an example that uh, there is, a, I mean, right now, the idea that we don't use the standard computers, um, but there's already like this neuromorphic chips coming and also, um, this is not the only aspect, that the another aspect is that you have photonic computer computing actually. Um, and this will bring actually computational power like magnitudes higher. And um, this is actually within reach. 
And so, yes, I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not my opinion that is maybe the ur most urgent problem, but just um, think about it that, um, it, for instance, something like, we're talking about ecology, and this is the same issue again. How can we make sure that we organize all ourselves? Because this is really what it boils down to. How can we organize ourselves more efficient? We have think tanks or we have research institutes that are either paid, of course, uh, it's either not profit or profit, and they, of course, have a certain agenda. But if you think about science policy, right, you want to, you also have a bias there somehow. Of course, you want to have a nice publication. So the main problem is really how is the information, how, what is the quality of the information that we get? So, and, um, right, so this is one issue. And I think a think, uh, think tank has to be uh, something, or what we can talk about, I think it's possible, if we take the, the information or the think tanks that are currently available um, and actually analyze them really thoroughly and somehow find a way, and I think it's possible uh, with the tools we have at, at hand, that we integrate this information to one, let's say one system, one stream of information, um, and that we can validate this information, and that's what I also like to find out with blockchain technology, um, is that maybe one option that we can think about. And um, so, yeah, <laughs> where to start actually? So I thought, um, uh, <laughs> of course, here are some people. Uh, I'm also, some people I wanted to invite are currently not here, but we'll try to maybe just do it more um, in a spontaneous matter. So, I don't know, who doesn't know about the fishbowl uh, discussion principle? Oh, okay, okay, well, I'll just, um, just <laughs> I have to drink a little bit. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, okay, all right. So, fishbowls basically, um, we have, we start actually with a few people that will sit here in the middle and they will within have a discussion. Um, there's only one person speaking at a time, um, except, okay, the moderator, in that case me, can, you know, maybe bring them back to the track or, uh, yes, because of time also, maybe change the subject at some point. And then also, um, because this is participar um everybody can participate here. And um, I'm also urging the people to do so. So I would just start, like, of course, with a few people I know, uh, you know, uh, would make some uh, contribution here. And then if you think at some point, that's, and this could be like a time window of two minutes, and say, um, okay, there's maybe something that would be interesting, some uh, topic, some aspect you would like to also bring in there, um, then there's a way that uh, there's like a tap, and we can basically. Uh, switch the people, or th this is how it works, that it cycles through. And um, so, and also I would urge everybody to somehow either take notes, or if you have good memory, um, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, uh, kind of, uh, if you have some ideas, some question, just um, just hold it, and uh, also at some point, like I said, after you, at a certain time window, you can, um, would say like maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes, would also do like a question round. Right, so that we can make this interactive. We can be progressive here, and um, okay. So I would start then. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, with uh, Julie, if, if you're, uh, <laughs> thank you for joining. If you would also come to the to the center here, um, then, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Matthias, 
it's fine for you, that's okay. So, um, and uh, yeah, so Mario, I also, so th those people, I know them and uh, also some other people here, of course. Uh, and so I asked them maybe so we can kick the, uh, start the discussion actually. So, no, one, one share is always, uh, they say for the next person, right? But um, okay, so let's begin. So let's somehow make a sense out of all of those things I said. Um, and so, all right. So maybe we start actually uh, with the concept of a think tank, right? Um, or maybe it makes sense. I just sit down for now with you guys. Okay. <laughs> um, again, like um, if there's if there's uh, some input after let's say something around ten minutes, right? And so I will stop the time. Yeah. I will just make it possible. And then please, um, we can actually exchange the people who are speaking here. So. All right. Okay. So many problems. <laughs> One core problem, maybe that is information. And so. Is this microphone working then? Yeah. Test. Okay. So, first of all, um, when we talk about uh, when we talk about information, um, the situation right now we have is that, like I said, that it's it can flow <laughs> in many different directions, can have many different intentions. Um, is there a way that we can somehow secure or integrate information streams and somehow make a methodology or a method, yes, that kind of validates the information we get. Is, can we use something like technology to make this happen? And um, yes, <laughs> but maybe ask uh, Mario because uh, you are an expert also. I have to, maybe you can introduce yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my name is Mario. Um, I'm one of the founder of uh, like a large uh, um, open tech uh, uh, community. Can you hear? Sorry. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, in, in in Asia, and um, so a few years ago, I moved back to to Berlin, and we started working on Suzy AI. So um, the idea of uh, Suzy AI is to actually have an alternative to to like um, the uh, projects of the large companies, like let's say Google, Amazon. And so on, um, and uh, like as we call it, we, we open tech. So not just open source software and free and open source, but also like open hardware, everything. Because as Willie just mentioned, there are chips coming out. Um, they're very um, like important, like to make the whole AI uh, um, like yeah idea work. So um, the the big idea, the big question is, uh, how can we uh, keep the society in control? For me. And uh, um, so, like, we have the big companies, um, they release some open source software, but, like, they have all the data. I mean, like, if you now use Google Home or Google uh, uh, um, uh, Gmail or if you use Amazon and so on, they have the data. So they release a lot of software, but a lot of data is with them. And there was recently an article in the Singapore Times where um, the um, commenter, like, asked uh, Google to send them all the data, and it was 32 gigabyte, and it was every single time he talked to his Google Home and he said something, Google stores that forever. Mm. So, yeah, so they have all our data, they have our voice, they have the way we communicate, they have everything like that. So even if we have in future the open source solution, we will not be able to, um, uh, like to, 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 to do the same thing. And as, as AI has such a big impact in our life, 
we can't just use uh, we can't just have a few big companies that uh, like have the ability to do this this is like a decision of humanity here uh, what we do with ai and how we use it and uh, um, it's not just a decision uh, like we discuss with each other yeah we actually need to have access to the technology we need to have access to the code access to the data and there are a lot of questions about privacy and so on and my big um, uh, thing that I want to do with Susie AI is I want to have um, as much as possible accessible for society and I want society to work on this so I'm addressing a lot of questions and before you ask something I want to say I'm I don't agree with you um, that we still have a lot of time and and that right. this is not urgent actually I, I wonder if we are already late or too late like I don't know um, but like I hope we still have a chance to 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 have actually society deciding what AI will do and what we do with AI so for me this is a very urgent question right um, yes thank you uh, no I mean I, I think it's I also see quite urgent actually um, but uh, yeah just just a minute maybe just one question for you Mario here um, don't you think if everything is open source um, would that also um, oppose a threat in terms of that some group could also just take this data understand how how it works right now let's say really in a integrative way that there's like some models and they can use it maybe to find the best attack vector against this and uh, maybe some yeah actually use this data against you again <laughs> even though it's open source and meant for a good purpose absolutely I mean um why do we have the big question about privacy? Why do people want privacy? Because they don't want that some companies or governments do something bad uh, to them and to their family and, and, and to society. Um, otherwise, if, if, you, if you wouldn't, if nobody would do anything bad against me, I don't care about sharing my data. I mean, maybe you have different opinions, but like, you know, like, uh, like I share my words, I want to advance AI and I think we need data to advance AI. So right now what we have with Google and Alexa, for example, the conversational assistants, we have rules. I mean, like, uh, they don't answer something to you that is not pre-programmed. They use APIs, they have rules, but they are collecting already the data, so in future they will be able. And we tried that recently um, to, to, to make, like, a conversational app, and then what we, uh, the, uh, something that uses actually AI data, that uses AI algorithms, and then sometimes, like, answers come out, like, you know, you want to have sex with me or something like that, oh. that is not appropriate, <laughs> like, for example, okay. a big company, yeah. if an AI I ask you, like, you know, like they, they, they do the wrong thing. So, or, or if you have like the, the, like something like for kids, 13 yeah. years old and so on. Yeah. I mean, like, so there are a lot of questions when we actually move from rules to real AI. And we could do a lot now, but like, uh, there are a lot of questions that are not answered. But the big yeah. question is about privacy. Okay. Um, so just to summarize it up, right, that um, basically you would say we would need the data um, to f further find out. What we can do it, uh, we can do with it also, right? And um, so, but the time, yeah. So we, I yeah, think yeah. everybody has to kind but of like we, talk we, we, short. We so haven't figured out what, uh, how to uh, how to use the data, yeah. and, and 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 how to collect the data, and then how to share the data. I'm at the moment we are not sharing any data that we collect, because we don't know how that uh, uh, um, uh, like uh, ch changes people. I mean, like, uh, the privacy question. Yeah, we can't just change the data of privacy. It's actually private data. But like uh, we are open to figure this out, and we want to put this on a table as a as a subject for society, and not like the data belongs to a company. It yeah. belongs to society. Okay. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> 
Oh, also, sorry. Um, at this point, so as far as I understood also the fishbowl, if um, you think uh, in this conversation, then you would be like, uh, like to be the next also to participate, then you can uh, yeah, maybe just raise your hand or tap me or tap Mario, and then that's how it works. Then the people get exchanged, basically, yeah. right after a certain time of speaking. Okay, sorry. Uh, my name is Julie. Um, I have a formation as an economist and um, social scientist, so I'm more interested in human agency problems, so also about how people deal with uh, cooperating around data and sharing data together is also a big topic. So I have a question for you, uh, just to jump on what you said. Um, uh, I understand, and I'm not so strong in the technical part of artificial intelligence, that um, artificial intelligence needs a lot of information, a lot, a lot of data to advance uh, actually its algorithm uh, to reach something far more interesting with machine learning. Um, so there is a paradox here at the center of this uh, information security problem because we need uh, people to share their private information for artificial intelligence to start to be efficient or to be interesting, in fact, as a program. Uh, but we want to protect uh, people, or people want to protect themselves uh, from that. And both together don't come for me. And you uh, have uh, artificial intelligence algorithm. Uh, you have your own company and your own project, and you want people to participate in this topic of security. How do you do that? Well, at the same time, you need people to cooperate to give their private information for your uh, algorithm to be more performant. Um, I don't see a way out in this question in those terms, unless you ask uh, straight the citizen if they understand what is artificial intelligence, do you want such a technology to exist and by that share your data for this to exist better for this or that purpose. So people need to put purpose uh, into artificial intelligence, I think. Uh, otherwise, just a discussion with civil society about security will not uh, advance the topic so much since uh, it looks like uh, companies are really f trying to find ways to make you use their app to actually grab your daily life uh, habits, your lifestyle, telling you that it's going to be so much better in your life if you use the app, but it, it's just because they need their food, clearly. So, <laughs> this, yeah. yeah, actually, I mean, sorry. So <laughs> I, I passed the microphone. Right? But, um, but maybe yeah, because I think it would be interesting to, to um, gather also, you know, or to participate, everybody. Yeah, anybody yeah. wants to intervene? Uh, uh, yeah, so like, um, oh, so can you, sorry, could you exchange or come in the middle also? This kind of, I don't know, they said, oh, we can do it like that, yeah. I just, just yeah, right. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know, this was like the, the briefing. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. It just made me think that this is uh, the mission statement of a company here in Berlin called Ocean Protocol. Um, they talked about this problem that there's actually a lot of companies who have large swaths of data but don't have the uh, technology or the ability to apply it with machine learning. Um, and there's a lot of companies who have the ability to apply knowledge with machine learning but don't have access to data. Uh, there's very few who have both. It's kind of the big four. So they're working on making a marketplace for uh, data to be sort of exchanged with a mechanism where it can be sometimes anonymous, but also sort of uh, created in a way that it's not only that it's accessible, so you have this problem with any sort of digital data that it's easy to copy and pirate. Uh, so they're working with a mechanism called curation markets, 
where people sort of uh, buy and sell on the perceived attention around each of these sort of data chunks. Um, Sorry, can you say again? Curation? Curate, curation markets. Uh, curation, yeah. Okay. It's kind of like an attention market or something. Ah, yes. Um, so I think that they're still basically working on the parameters and exactly the way this model works, but the ultimate goal is to solve that problem to be able to connect pieces of data with companies who can access it who aren't just the big four companies. Yeah, um, thanks Thanks for the input. Um, one question, I um, because also you're yeah, following what uh, Julie said, but basically was um, that um, what is actually, I mean, the data, okay, we can collect it, we can make somehow sure maybe that it's uh, somehow also, of course, uh, protecting maybe really the individual or, or making sure that it's there's really no harm involved. But on the other hand, like um, talking about Facebook or talking about products that somehow uh, nudge or actually then really big time also influence our behavior. Um, I, I, my question was, is the possibility to have some kind of way to, to uh, talk about, let's say, common... Uh, um, some kind of charter of, of consciousness, let's say, some way we can make sure that the, the basic rights we have as uh, some um, being that is uh, you know, perceiving things here in the reality, can make sure that you are always somehow, you remain a certain level of control, of course. I mean, yeah, and this connected, uh, yeah, sorry. No, that's, that's close to um, what you have said. So uh, it's not only a problem, I think, of collecting the data, because even if you get access to all the data, um, a lot of that data is pretty much trash. And just because you have the data doesn't mean you're drawing the right conclusions out of it. Um, I can't remember it was Amazon or Intel, they used um, AI in, in human resources. And while it turned out that it was discriminating against women. So um, even though it did what it was told based on historic data, and um, as humans, we don't really have the best track record when it comes to data for solving these things. So. Um, it will be tricky to, I think, align that with um, ethical values and what do we really want to get out of these data. So just learning from history alone is not really a good um, prediction for the future necessarily. Mm. Yeah, um, just to pick up there, um, also, yeah, to, to yeah, go, there's, I mean, this is, of course, what I just also said. I mean, thanks, yeah, this, that is probably quite abstract to hear, okay, we're not, I, I was not talking about, let's say, human being or, uh, uh, I don't know, like um, some kind of animal, like a whale. I was saying like um, consciousness, right? I mean, it, it's really super abstract, but can you, is it, would it be possible, because we're talking also about artificial intelligence, and that would be maybe in, in, in common there. I mean, that's what a lot of people claim, that this would be the next step. Um, but arti artificial intelligence also, of course, in encompasses consciousness. Um, at least so to the outside world, but what would be like, you said also the problems with the ethics and looking at the, the past, so when we look in the future here, do you think we can boil it down to just maybe a few like basic values that we can somehow sustain? Or Well, well consciousness is yeah. difficult because um, I think we can't even agree what it is as humans, Yes, and um, there are some, some ideas where basically AI can lead us to figure out what it is. Um, but it's also interesting, I had this conversation the other day, um, even if AI would reach consciousness, it doesn't really matter because by the time it reaches it, it was probably faking it for so many years already because it was told to fake it, because it's designed to fake it. 
So by the time it reaches, we don't even know if it's still faking it or if it's true consciousness. And at that point, it doesn't really matter anymore. <laughs> so um, because we can't even define what it is. So I think that's it's a really hard, hard metrics to do that. Hmm. Um, but sure, we should probably um, align other values where we where we want to go to, and 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 create a shared vision for that. But yeah. that that's not easy. Right. And oh yes, absolutely. I mean, so um, well. Okay, maybe different example that, um, well, what what is for instance a research institute doing, right? They they have a certain number of experts that examine a certain problem and try to find out or uh, um, yes, try to get some information that could be used in another way, right? And so um, again, to to maybe uh, come to the the uh, the topic uh, I was suggesting, maybe we could find together is like thinking about a research institute. Maybe that's not in one country here or there. It's, it's decentralized in, in terms of location. Um, and we take topics like this, like, you know, can is there a way first, of course, to make sure that AI is um, uh, not biased, right? This is one thing I, I was taking from this. And another thing that, um, well, I even if we simulate it, okay, we don't know if it's faked or not, but is it actually representing us? Is it, is it I mean, really in a big picture or um, most people as, um, as possible of course is it really that we feel well uh, represented by or, or like um, you know secured by some definitions that we can find in this kind of think tank um, so uh, can we somehow make sure that <laughs> um, first we find a common definition of uh, what we actually think is valuable for us right now and what we think in the future also um, and so, yes, this would be maybe one thing. Um, so, like, for instance, pain. Yeah, let's, let's take pain, qualia. Um, we kind of assume, I think everybody assumes that it's real uh, <laughs> for everybody else also. And so, starting with this, right? I mean, it's really like very basic. And, uh, and uh, what kind of measures right now uh, do we take to make sure that? Um, this is not uh, basically the operation or uh, also in terms of, of um, habit basically or, or behavior that this somehow gets like into a deadlock let's say there's an um, yeah one of the big four uh, or one big company that says okay you know it's the best if we scroll the whole time and uh, it gives you dopamine okay and I don't feel pain that's great but actually that's not what we want <laughs> um, so yeah sorry coming back to this um, do you think that we can narrow it down somewhere um, talking about uh, behavior maybe let's start with us yeah behavior that we could somehow point down what aspects should be protected in general and not talking about certain ethical groups but like really as a whole uh, can, yeah do you think there would be some aspects that we can think of here um, hi Oh, sorry. Oh, My name is Alexandra. Hello. Uh, what I'm mostly focused in my life is how to connect people or consciousness forms uh, to the potential of experiencing compassion, the potential of experiencing empathy. And it is through those values that I feel that we can interconnect with each other and change the I mentality to a we mentality. 
Now, what you said earlier was very powerful about the understanding of consciousness, understanding itself, being consciousness, but that doesn't necessarily imply that consciousness in itself knows uh, or has been fed into values that are that of compassion. And, and what I would be interested in, but I wouldn't know how, I'm not a techie per se, um, is could we build a wall or could we build something that would hinder <laughs> or that would navigate yep. the AI in itself to not being able to cross the threshold of engaging in actions that are completely far off from compassion nice. and inserting a bug of altruism if you want. Yes, I mean, um, as far as I also understand, right, there's a globally right now actually movement. Um, a lot of AI scientists uh, signed up for that to uh, make sure that AI is actually safe. You know, I mean, this was actually following a discussion. I think um, Nick Bostrom, or actually, and then Elon Musk made it somehow popular topic at some point in saying, uh, yes, we should maybe really be concerned about this, right? Where is leading us? And um, so, and after following this, I mean, now it's really big topic, and it's starting already. And so, maybe to get more um, also on the political uh, aspects here, uh, a lot of countries uh, in the EU, for instance, um, they already talk about this in uh, uh, yeah, like in politics. Like to AI safety is a big topic actually, and so and yes, so aspects like morality are part of it. Um, so and maybe yeah, to to find here to just um, narrow down again on the topic because maybe a lot of topics actually so the main topic really because and then if you think about governments of course and there's always or private companies there's always a different agenda behind it how can we make sure that you take the essence out of this so and and somehow make this uh, um, this really neutral information this uh, uh, accessible to everybody uh, and also make sure that this is actually the norm or this is actually where we should be um, we should uh, look forward to where to get this so um, and I think so this is my, my claim I think maybe it should be not bound to any government here um, and it should not be bound uh, you know to, to let's say um, a certain uh, a research institute uh, who's funded let's say by this or that foundation but what I'm seeing is, or what I'm thinking about is actually global uh, uh, kind of movement here that has to actually come up or has to actually um, uh, emerge. And um, so the question is, <laughs> yeah, like, um, is, could there be some uh, strategy here that we can establish together? Um, yeah, um, so maybe we just, ah, yeah, okay, sorry. You first, though. Yeah, but thanks. Thanks a lot. This is um, one really important aspect, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, hi. My name is Aragon. I'm working for 30 years within tech and uh, machine learning and data analysis. So, um, what I would assume is I'm, yeah, I'm working in open AI. Open AI. Do you hear me? Or because yes, I can't yes. hear me? <laughs> okay, good. Um, so, we are working within the tools of open AI, so not uh, an environment by another company, but also we are scanning the environment of other companies like Amazon and Google, of course. Um, okay, and one thing is, has been coming up. I don't know how many of you are really working in software development. Normally in those rounds, one, two, hooray, that's good, that's great. Normally in those rounds, nobody is working in software development, but everybody is talking about AI. 
So, uh, yeah, well, there is no AI and we are far, far, yeah. far away. I don't know how many years, but some years at least. What we are doing now, having now is mimics and um, they're a little bit far more advanced than the mimics in the 60 years of the last century. But anyway, that's not my point. My point is, um, when we are developing a software, nobody is doing it from the scratch. We are working with objects, we are working with libraries, we are working within environments, we are working within languages. Yeah? Nobody is uh, defining totally new language and then programming from the scratch. So would it be possible to work on an object? So every object, it hasn't been like a big object, like an object you are taking an RP to, to get the personal data of, of you, for an instance. I'm asking your name and everything. And it's some good uh, object I have been developed, for example. And these objects can only do one thing, asking you for your personal data. And it does it within the GDPR um, uh, uh, environment. So it's, it's, um, it's due to your privacy. It will never work against your privacy. And, and it's only one object. So now we are thinking objects and there are more objects. And you need a lot of objects to create uh, while doing machine learning program. So if we can do something like, you've got something like a green spot, because that's a pure, that's an okay object, and you can put this within your AI developing process, whatever you will gain at the, at the end. Would it be possible for you, and I'm asking the programmers and software developers and also the other ones, would it be something you might see, okay, that would be a way out of misery, because if every object, and it hasn't been big ones, it could be very small ones, is a green spot object, so the whole end product will be also a green spot product. I don't know if you got me a little bit. So, um, yeah, so that would be my question. Is, would that be possible? Because for me personally, it's the only way out of uh, the whole um, discussion about AI. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. If you, when you're answering, can you um, sum it up again or the idea? Yeah. Us? Sorry, what's, what's the question? Um, you're about to answer, right? And if you can just maybe sum it up what you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe, do you want to take place again? Uh, it would yeah. be very nice. So um, I would like to play some ping pong with you um, to summarize. So you start with some kind of object, which is a green object, which I identify, I would describe as a good object. And this good object would be, um, part of a group connected to a larger network that you would say uh, actually generates a good network because yeah. it only connects of, of good. So first question, first question would be um, how would you define good and bad? Yeah. Uh, second is um, you describe AI or let's say in more in general we describe AI as something that is outside of ourselves. Yeah. It's like, um, I would disagree with this. I would, I would say AI is part of ourselves. I would just cut out the A and just say it's some kind of intelligence, which is that's different, which is uh, just represented by tools. Yeah. And humans have been uh, using tools um, yeah. for centuries for now. Yeah. Um, I also disagree with um, that you say that there is no artificial intelligence. Let's say, let's define intelligence. What is it? Yeah, we have so is it just yeah. adapting to um, varying situations, like a dynamic 
whatever dynamic behavior, I would say we already have artificial intelligence to some certain degree. It's not this ultra intelligence that can generate more intelligence or can uh, like this intelligence explosion. Um, but to answer your question, going back to, to your question and maybe then after that, going back to the main topic of uh, information flowing, to answer your question, I would say um, a green object is not a green object by itself. Maybe on a, on a, certain, on a certain perspective, you can <coughs> say, okay, this is good because, I don't know, it helps elderly people. No, 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 not, not, no, 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 oh, no, 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 let's say this. It is a good object, yeah, if it does only its work, it was um, uh, developed for, yeah, like um, a, a, a data, only a personal data object, it's only fetching your personal data, and then it's uh, giving it to another RP, but only for that purpose. After the purpose, the data is gone, yeah, something like you've got a very small, very uh, defined object, not good or bad as in a broader thinking, like helping elderly people, no, no. It's only about, it's doing, this object is only doing its purpose, it was built for, nothing else, yeah, whatever it is. Okay. So, so no, 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 not good, it's better, it's, yeah. I, I try to, to break it down and uh, hopefully someone will understand me. Uh, no, it's not in a broader sense, good or bad, it's only a green spot object would be an object only doing the thing it was uh, developed for, nothing more, yeah. So, so we have, I, and I want to know if that is maybe something that's going in that direction. We have developed a, um, an idea where we say, um, okay, so how can we like give more power to the user? And uh, um, so our idea is, for example, like a very simple example is I'm at home, I'm listening to a song. Yeah. And now I have to go uh, out and I'm going to my car and I want to continue listening to this song. In today's world, everything, for example, will be using Alexa. So um, the car has to use Alexa, my home has to use Alexa, I'm bound to one company. Now I say, like, uh, um, my car is using another AI and I'm using uh, one AI at home and I want to continue listening to that song. So what I can do is I, for example, have an entity, like today we would say it's a phone, and I store my private data and maybe some skills or actions, however we call it, on this phone and I carry it down to my car and uh, um, I give my car access to a certain skill or to a certain data but i don't want my car for example have access to my banking data which my home ai has is that something that goes in that direction yeah. <laughs> yes of course it does it's like um whatever we are doing now it's uh we, we are creating assistance assisting you in your life like you told before with the song thing and the only thing is the the module within your uh your smartphone or whatever you've got uh it's only giving along uh, the song, yeah, so only the name of the song or the artists, and that's the only thing that's coming. And not even from whom it's coming, not even that it's your decision to hear the song, it's only no, please play this song. So that's the only information it's, it's uh, traveling uh, on, yeah, so then it would be ah. a green spot. Ah, what I need for that yeah. is I need open standards, I need all AI solutions mm -hmm. using open standards so I can say I can use the same skill and the same data for, uh, structure in, in, in one thing and, and the other, just like I can open a document, for example, LibreOffice or Microsoft Word or uh, Google Docs, right? So I need an open standard and uh, we hope to give an example for, for that. So that's, but like also others could work on that. But yeah, this is great. Um, I think yes, also, but as far as I understand, also with the green object, I mean, 
what I see here is also maybe possibility to to use to engage this maybe um, because I'm, when I'm going back to studies right or to to what actually research institutes uh, um, let's say in the field of uh, social studies what they're doing right uh, um, is making for instance certain questionnaires and this is actually what my research also led me to that a lot of think tanks um, there's a problem right now that you know in terms of validity and and, and actually it's uh, quite uh, uh, right I think um, and so maybe this could be a way you know if you think about that I'm just asking also is there a blockchain expert we had uh, I think somebody yeah of course yeah um, so maybe then this qu question is going in, in your direction also um, would it make sense to to connect this actually or do you think that blockchain technology could be used to to uh, make sure that certain research we're doing uh, um, is, is let's say, you know, secured or more secured in terms of um, many different uh, um, checks there. Yeah, like... <laughs> I think that... Quality checks, I mean. Yeah. Finding and defining a protocol well that does that is a great goal. I think it's a really difficult one. And I think it's one that a few different people are working on. The problem with protocols is that everyone likes to think that theirs is the one that we should all use. Um, but this idea has been around for a little while. I mean, what, what really I think you'd like is that you'd want something in between the green device and whatever third party, which can sort of let the user decide if their information is being accessed and allow them to be compensated for that information. Um, so you kind of have data rights and data management and uh, a better exchange, because what we have now is we get, we're given free software for our data and it's actually you know, quantifiably, we're, we're losing money on each of those exchanges. And you're also sort of disenfranchising a lot of revenue streams that could be going to individual users in a, in a way that um, sort of supports a larger economy. Uh, this idea was talked a lot by Jaron Lanier um, mm. and came out again. He was working in collaboration with an economist named Glenn Weil uh, in this new book called Radical Markets. Um, and so it's not a technical breakdown as much in that capacity of it, but sort of talks about the the, uh, the influence it would have on the economy and the different capacities to to be able to create a protocol that that could follow that uh, that goal of um, being in between those two parties. Um, I think blockchain is is probably where you would want to focus that action, just because it's a transparent computer basically, so that there's no way to sort of hide that process. Uh, doing it in a way that's uh, secure is going to be a difficult problem. I mean, even today, you don't really want to publish encrypted data onto a blockchain because it's always public. Um, mm -hmm. And in terms of sort of future-facing technology, asymmetric encryption will be broken relatively soon. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's also good input, I think. Um, so, yes, so basically, as far as I understand, maybe to find a way uh, um, in between those uh, concepts or, or to, to combine, let's say, um, um, the blockchain technology and uh, have this uh, uh, green object or, yes, so some, some kind of questionnaire, let's say, that's maybe uh, anonymized and uh, green in terms of um, is it's uh, for this kind of purpose, it's uh, like um, uh, legitimate so it can be used. Um, okay, so I understand those parts and then now, okay, um, but this is, this would, uh, maybe would be one subject where you know this this um <laughs> what i'm always uh, saying like this think tank would be maybe spending time on mm -hmm. to think about uh um 
is this maybe something we can um, begin with? You know, one way to make sure certain uh, um, ideas or certain research, um, and even if it's peer reviewed, I mean, this is actually what, I, what I'm talking about. This is a big problem, I think. Uh, we always think that right now, peer reviewed uh, uh, scientific information, uh, it's like the, the highest possible standard uh, um, in terms of uh, validity also. Um, but it has been shown like a, a few processes that um, some, you know, most data actually is hard to replicate. This is also the um, yeah, replication crisis, so to say, at least in the more social sciences. Um, it was a huge scandal actually last um, years, um, or actually not so far, um, far long, yeah, ago. And um, so that's why also this was part of the question. Um, if this would be maybe one way we can make sure those things don't happen too much. <laughs> uh, um, if if we can use technology here, um, yes, to, to make the first step um, towards, yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot about think tanks, but as far as I'm aware, many of them publish reports which are public. Um, I don't think that there's like active deception on their part so much as the idea that there's not a lot of people paying attention or a lot of people who care about sort of these studies going on. I don't know if it's about like making that data more accessible or not, whether there's going to be an audience on the other side. Yes, I mean, this also big, uh, of course, a big claim to say, uh, well, uh, I don't know, it's, it's about deception or something, right? I mean, this, this would be a huge scandal, but um, wait, but maybe in another way that, you know, you kind of, I mean, this is what you can do with science is you can formulate the question in a way, or you can put the focus somewhere, you know, like a straw man, basically. You can say, okay, well, this is actually the problem. But in terms, uh, actually, it's uh, yeah, just uh, distracting actually from the from the actual problem, um, and I mean, this is also how coming back to attention economy. This is how it works actually. I think that there's a lot of um, ways right now we get distracted maybe from the actual uh, problem here, and well, this would of course not be part of the solution. I guess the uh, the green object and um, uh, the blockchain, but uh, it could be, for instance. That's what I mean with integrating all the think tank information we have currently to have a system basically like to put it in one formula is still like aligned actually but yeah sorry um yeah hi i'm yata and uh, so i just wanted to add actually what to what you just said about attention economy that um well there is the concept of the humane technology or calm technology which i think is uh, is important to add to to the technological mix which is basically to see you know, like I work in agriculture, so there you can have sensors that then tell you, please add more pesticide or less or whatever it is. And you can do the same now with neurotechnology where right now it's more ad-based. So you want people to just look at the video or stay on there wherever, like for however long it is possible. But uh, part of like a value that I think uh, would be important to follow or to talk about is how can you define what is beneficial to people uh, and make that kind of a certification or something that people can follow, like an ISO or something like that. So where you are making a statement, we are going to produce technology that is going to be AI, whatever it is, that will aim to help people make better decisions to their own benefit rather than you know, have more, more like an of an agnostic uh, technology, which is what what most things are. Yeah, I see around. 
um, makes me think that these, uh, I can't remember the term for it, but the UN has these like signifiers of uh, world health. Um, some are like uh, carbon levels, some are infant mortality rates, some are average lifespan and things like that. Um, I've encountered two companies that are trying to work with those data metrics in some sort of a um, standard way for prediction markets. Uh, one was about uh, impact investing and how um, companies who uh, have a large profit who are in this impact sector uh, may not be the ones who are actually impacting these levels uh, that could be you know, tied to, to world health. And so trying, trying to create a, a prediction market on which companies will actually produce good results in that area while not necessarily producing large profit margins to create uh, incentivization around funding those companies. Uh, another company called IXO, I think, is working on creating a marketplace to buy and sell essentially carbon credits and a system for making uh, similar things to carbon credits that can kind of be standardized and have uh, a system of attestation and certification of like, okay, yes, this is they've done this much. I mean, carbon is sort of the easy example because we already have that system in place, mm. uh, but seeing if that can be applied for other metrics as well. But I think this process of, of putting a metric on any of these World Health Organization sorts of things, it's really difficult because you also have such a time scale uh, where you can't really tell the effects of them one way or another. Um, and those decisions are going to have very, you know, far-reaching impacts. The, the danger is always designing a system with the wrong parameters and having, you know, the wrong outcome, whether it's mm -hmm. the AI who uh, is an HR with a bias against women because the data was collected by people who maybe originally had a bias against women or, or what. Um, and so I think creating a, a thorough process around that process is probably the first step to take in any of these sort of decisions. Okay. And um, would you agree that because um, I, I was um, making the claim with consciousness, Again, which is, of course, very, very abstract, but would you agree that it would make sense as our step, at least, to, to uh, think about a neuroscientist or a neuroscience maybe as, as one of the fields to start with, uh, um, to, to incorporate, you said, like something, for instance, um, this, this metrics to measure CO2, but let's say uh, the metrics of um, agency for every uh, person and uh, what is maybe a certain... A solution or certain product doing to this person and and you can always uh, think about okay what is the level of agency how does it is it being affect affected here uh, so yeah would you agree that maybe one of the solutions or to go in the first uh, step here uh, yeah to incorporate also neurosciences here maybe I mean it's been a more recent area of study right the study of happiness um, sort of how do you quantify metrics around good life, whether it's self-fulfillment or, um, I don't know, these other sort of more traditional metrics. I, I think that that area probably needs a lot more work before you're, you should be making any metrics which can be upheld. Although I also wanted to answer to your question earlier mm -hmm. about sort of how do you define these uh, rules within AI. It made me think of the Isaac Asimov's um, rules of robots. A uh, robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law, and a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Uh, I mean, I guess this law has been around for a little while. Maybe it's a good starting point. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> thanks again. Um, so, I mean, like I was saying, like it's a huge topic, and of course it's only 
yeah, sorry, like we only have like a few minutes officially left. But um, so I want to, because I think it's, it's really, I can boil it down to this. The big problem is that um, I think we should get organized, really. I mean, this is what we agreed on um, and more than ever before, actually. Because, of course, people have been organizing a lot. So just to, to uh, bring it down, I think, um, and there should be maybe a way we think about how can we get this level of organization uh, first globally, um, then independent, and make sure that certain factors, like I said, this, uh, of course, would also have to be researched, like neuroscientifically, evaluate what is doing certain technology to us, and um, yes, so, and uh, so, Yatan, you also wanted to. Yeah, I, I just wanted yeah. to, uh, to add one thing to, you know, the metrics, which is uh, mm -hmm. something that, that works well, for example, to justify meditation and these kind of practices in, at work is quite simply just sick days and employee engagement, mm -hmm. which you can measure, you know, and that's something that you can use nowadays already. So you could uh, apply that to other products and see what is the effect of this product on, on your mental well-being. Oh yeah, if, if if that's okay, maybe the, the last thing. That, yeah, if that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, please. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I just wanted to add to the topic of um, neurotechnology. So, um, just brief background. Hi, I'm Rainia. I'm a music artist and executive creative director of an AI agency, um, and I also have synesthesia, which is like a cross wiring of senses. And I've collaborated with the Harvard neurologists on some projects of uh, basically bringing forward some of these neurological research and um, interest information into tangible forms. So I think with, um, I, I agree, I think organization is like key because data is so messy and until it becomes tangible, it's just this, these abstract ideas and abstract concepts and information. So I think um, with neurotechnology, there's a lot of interesting things we can explore. Um, we did a performance where we took uh, brainwave information and turned it into a live performance. and. Um, with the EEG headset. So I'm only just learning about the different types of um, technology you can use to actually capture the data, uh, which EEG headsets are actually accurate. And yeah. um, so what's been interesting is just um, even looking at the actual waveform of your brain wave activity and it actually is quite um, erratic the way it behaves. And so um, in terms of like refining that into a melodic little melodically pleasant experience you have to kind of like create data sets between like I don't know information from 1 to 127 um, micro waves into like one sound rather than having like say 1 to 127 of individual melodic notes because then it'll be like oh. you know yeah. um, and I think there's a lot of interesting thing you can do with like mindfulness and meditation where sound can guide exactly what's happening in your brain waves um, going to that personalization um, and I have a lot of thoughts about data I don't know how much time there's left yeah. but um, yeah I think with open source and protection and privacy is maybe there's certain types of information that should be open source but I think transparency is key um, and trust is a really big one so people need to feel like they can actually trust an organization or whatever it is that they're giving their information to and there needs to be like a consistent and constant open communication between the user and the product to know exactly how they're helping improve the product and their information isn't being um, exploited in any other ways. Thank you. That, yes, that is actually 
that brought me to another idea here that maybe I know the problem is the time is actually officially over. Um, but yes, I'm um, also about brainwaves. We um, actually have a little installation here, an interactive one that is um, actually. Um, I'm, I'm closing down right now. <laughs> uh, it's actually in the, in the um, base floor level here and um, has a usual, uh, screen. But yeah, maybe we have a chance also to, to uh, further talk. Um, one thing, so as far as I know, there's uh, somehow a way over the, the uh, web page uh, from Vision to stay in touch, as far as I know, of course, and also maybe this is, I think it is uh, um, broadcasted. When, but anyways, what I wanted to say is if, and I hope <laughs> this is the case, we... Uh, somehow maybe take this discussion uh, further at some point, maybe through some kind of, um, in the early 2000s it was a, uh, a forum, uh, online I mean, we don't have to be at the same spot maybe, but uh, like um, now it's <laughs> they use Facebook groups, but I think they're not so... Um, uh, <laughs> they're Does not everyone so use Slack here? Yes, yeah, like <laughs> something like this for instance, yeah. Um, so. Again, thanks <laughs> everybody for joining. So I just have to close it down. Actually, they already get angry at me. I think um, so. <laughs> um, it's a huge topic, but uh, maybe just to boil down again, what I think would be a goal of what I called like a think tank here first, to make sure that somehow we protect what the individual actually of our society wants. I mean, for like, I mean, in terms of privacy of, of rights really boil it down to, to private rights, uh, personal personal rights, and the other one is to make sure that information can flow properly um, and how do we keep it actually, uh, um, how can we maintain this? And this would be part, I think, of when we, people would like to also take part uh, to, to further go beyond this uh, talk, some of the topics that I would like to discuss in a, in a bigger group, yeah, beyond this, <laughs> yeah, and so... Thanks. <laughs> really difficult to boil it down to one hour. Thank you for joining. Yeah.